So Aaron, you've been in Kelowna for 25 years. How did, how did you get here? Pretty simply. Uh, a friend of mine was moving across Canada. Um, I was 19 at the time. And he said he needed someone to drive a car across Canada. So I thought in all my wisdom, jump in the car. It took me about a, it took me five days to get here. And essentially, I passed Kalamalka Lake, and I thought to myself, anything west of this point is unsold. Mm-hmm. Fell in love first sight. Never even heard of Kelowna before. Had no clue where it was. Didn't even look at it on the map. My fo- my initial intentions really were to drive the car out here and then fly back. Right. Just have an experience, a five day experience. Wow. Well, it was a twenty. It's been a twenty five year experience. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been no looking back. Right. <laughs> I grew up in Toronto oh. as well. So which part? Uh, which part of Toronto are you from? Uh, I was born and raised in Mississauga, uh, so just outside of of, um, Toronto, which is now a part of Toronto. Um, Yeah, spent my first 19 years there, and I go back once or twice a year now. Yeah. Yeah, That's about all I can handle. Did you ever play hockey? I used to play, like, Port Credit and uh, Meadowvale and Streetsville, and (laughs) I lived, uh, when I was a little kid, at Mississauga Road and Dundas, and then... um, when I was a teenager, lived in Etobicoke, so like Bloor, Mill Road. But I spent my whole childhood in Mississauga. Tell us, tell us a couple of the spots you used to hang out. You ever go to like, uh, what was it, West? No, that mall on Dundas. No, it was like a cheap. Everything was like, you know, that brown wood paneling and Wood Wooddale or uh, I can't remember. Well, funny enough, if you grew up in Mississauga Road in Dundas, I grew up in Mississauga Road in Bourbonfort. Wow. So, very so close. yeah. <laughs> in Kelowna terms, that would have been from Kelowna to West Kelowna, but yeah. in Toronto terms, it was just down the street. <laughs> yeah. uh, I went to Loyola High School yeah. and, and hung out at South Collin Mall, actually, most of my uh, growing up. But, um, yeah, we made a play. Uh, street hockey together. I never played ice hockey, but played lots of street hockey. <laughs> right. So you drive this car out here. Did you have a friend that was out here, or your friend in Toronto sold it? Like, what what happened? Um, yeah, he was moving out here. Um, he had we had one moving truck and two vehicles, so he was in one truck. His mother in law was in the other truck, or, or in the other car, and I was in the in the last car. Right. And it was a five-day journey, 40-some-odd hours, um, by yourself, in the car. So there was t- two of you? Yeah. Well, but we were by ourselves in each, in each car. And, oh, and we just followed each other uh, across Canada. And um, it was interesting, because I had never seen anything west of, really, Niagara Falls at that point in my life. So to see Canada that way was absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I've actually done the trip twice. Uh, one time I went through the States, uh, but the first time was across Canada. Um, tell me if you had this experience. First time I came to BC in, I think I went once as a teenager with my dad to Vancouver, but uh, the interior, these mountains and everything, 2008, I drove from Edmonton to Nelson, 
And I had nightmares because in Mississauga, if you have a six or a 10 foot ditch, we've got a guardrail, right? <laughs> and I went, went across that crow's nest pass and uh, I kept having nightmares that I was falling asleep driving and jump out of bed. Yeah. Imagine I was still driving. I mean, that just freaked me out. How could you not have a guardrail? Oh, Did you have that experience too? Well, absolutely. I mean, you, it's just sites that you've never even, you see them in pictures, but until you see them in real life and the reality of how big these mountains are and how deep these valleys are and, and yeah, like no guardrails, nothing. <laughs> it's just incredible. It, it keeps you awake. It definitely keeps you awake. Yeah. For sure. So you called your family back home and said, uh, I canceled my flight, not coming back. How did they react? <laughs> well, I didn't have to do that simply because I never booked a flight. My intentions really, I mean, I was 19. So um, I knew I had the safety net of my mom and dad. If something was to go astray, I would have gotten somebody <laughs> to come back. But I just said, you know what? I just want to try it and see what happens. I figured maybe get a job earn enough money, fly back. Yeah. Um, I got my first job at a nightclub downtown, uh, bouncing as a doorman. Um, and then I got my second job because, I mean, that wasn't going to pay the bills. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I got a second job at uh, a record store in Orchard Park Mall. It was called Big K Music. Wow. Uh, long, long gone now. But um, yeah. it was, uh, I did that. I, I've always had a passion for music. I'm one of those guys who can pretty much name a song on the first note. So uh, I was that guy everybody came to to say, I just heard this song on the radio, or I just heard this song, and, and what is it? what album is it from? And nice. uh, I'd be that guy. That's awesome. So now you're a realtor. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Uh, what made you get into real estate? How long have you been doing it? Well, another great story. <laughs> um, I had, um, I was a landlord. I had three different rental houses. There were seven suites in them. Um, I also owned a nightclub, and I was trying to do it all on my own. And essentially, it uh, it was there was a time that I just had to say, I kind of want to gain my life back a little bit. Um, so. I called up my realtor at the time, who happened to be Tamara Terleski, wow. one of my best friends, and she said, you know what, we got to sell it all. And of course she was, no, don't sell everything. I'm like, no, I'm, we're good. I'm, I'm okay with this. So when we sold the last house, we went for lunch and she just said, so what are you going to do now? You know, what are you going to do with your life? And I said, ah, you know, the realty thing looks pretty interesting. And she just said, Honestly, Aaron, she goes, we've been wanting you to do that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that night I went and ordered the, the books and decided I was going to become a realtor. And when, when was that? Uh, that would have been 2015. Wow. 2014. Not that 2014. Long. 2014. I've been a realtor now, licensed realtor for, I'm in my third year. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a bit of a gap there. So 22 years, you start off as a bouncer, you work in a record store. Then uh, the next thing you told us was you own all this real estate. <laughs> uh, did you win the lottery? Did your parents help you out? Or did you were you that good of a saver working at the record store that you were able to buy real estate? 
Well, there was quite a few jobs in between. I'd worked in uh, quite a few different record stores. Always worked in the nightclub industry. Uh, I'm a horrible saver. Uh, thankfully, my parents helped me out. When I bought my first house in Kelowna here, which was about 2000 and if you can believe it, in the North End, it was about $165,000 was the going rate for a North End house, 50 by, or yeah, I think the lot was about 50 by 100. Wow. <laughs> over on Wilson Avenue. <laughs> so when I, when I purchased that, um, that was kind of the start of it all. And then, of course, you refinance and yeah. and build build your empire that way. Um, but yeah, my parents definitely, thankfully, helped me out with my first home purchase. And then, then we went from there. Right. So you're not a landlord anymore. Nope. Is that because you're so busy with real estate or you just decided there's enough of that? Do you have any stories of being a landlord that uh, you care to share? Well, I think every landlord has their stories of being a <laughs> landlord. Um, yeah, you know, I, I had some amazing tenants. Um, the last house that I sold, I sold to one of the tenants. The tenants are still that were in the other two suites are still there. Uh, so, yeah, there are some great stories. I also had a few horrifying stories, you know, um, go walking into broken windows and mm-hmm. and stuff of that nature, uh, having to kick people out, which is never fun, people not paying the rent. So, yeah, you know, those types of things. When, when you're doing it on your own, it can get a little bit trying as well. Um, and having that that many suites going on um and at that time really the rental market wasn't the way it is today um it was there was lots of stuff for rent um the prices of rent were really low i mean mm-hmm. we're talking a two bedroom a two bedroom unit for 800 bucks wow right so wow. you know there's a big difference between you know, now they're getting fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars for a two bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, the it, it became just a lot for me to, to deal with, and um, plus I was working at the nightclub as well, which I owned, which that was taking up about a hundred hours a week for me yeah. just doing that. So there wasn't a lot of time left for a personal life or anything else. Um, I did all the maintenance. I did all the renovations. I, you know did all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it was when something broke, I was the one that got called to fix it. So, right. <laughs> yeah. I've been a landlord and a tenant several times um, myself. And when people ask me, should I get into real estate investing? Should I be a landlord? And I always say that uh, it can be a great job when you've got a good tenant. When you've got a good tenant, you collect the rent, you fix a couple of things, you take you check over to the bank, you pay your mortgage, and then you go to the beach. <laughs> it's not quite that easy, but but when you have a bad tenant, it's the opposite. I mean, it can cause sleepless nights. It can cause stress. It can cause financial problems. It's really that kind of black and white. The tenant, you know, getting the right tenant is key. And it's not just paying the rent. It's taking care of the place, uh, having a good attitude. I mean, it's just stressful. It's a respect. It's a respect. Uh, that goes both ways, not just from the tenant to the landlord, but as a landlord, you do have to respect the tenants. Um, now, you know, they have to realize, too, the bank doesn't care if you're going to be late. 
They, right. they take their money out on Friday at 3 o'clock. So if your check's not in to the landlord, he's the one that's covering it. Yeah. And every day late after that, that's coming out of his pocket. Uh, being a landlord isn't this great big, you're a multimillionaire thing. It, it, you know, it's a business. And, you know, that money coming in needs to go and pay the bills. Mm-hmm. So three years in real estate, you've had a great year. I think, did you win Rookie of the Year? Or you came uh, pretty close. Shy of, just shy of Rookie of the Year. Pretty, pretty close. So tell us how you did that. I mean, you did better than a lot of people that have been doing this for five, ten years. Uh, how did you, I mean, you're obviously a very good people person. You had some experience with real estate, owning your own properties. Um, but tell us how you were able to be that successful so quickly. Luke Mankus is a realtor with Remax Kelowna. He loves what he does. We asked Luke if he had any regrets about moving here in 2011. And he always says, yeah, one regret. And that is, he didn't move here sooner. When Luke came here, he didn't know anyone. He didn't know the neighborhoods or anything or anyone besides his daughter, who was six years old at the time. So he knows what it's like. Now, he's an expert and has helped well over 100 single people, couples, families, and investors with their real estate needs in the Okanagan. If you're new to our beautiful city, Luke can help you get connected with great lawyers, dentists, carpenters, landscapers, swimming pool installers, you name it. And whether you're new to Kelowna or not, Luke knows real estate. He can help you find a great property, negotiate a good deal, and hold your hand all the way through the process until the day you get your shiny new set of keys. Luke is known as a no-pressure kind of guy. He's had clients where it took even a year or more to get them into a property. He just doesn't believe in rushing things. On the other hand, when you decide it's time to act, he's diligent, and he'll work day and night until the job is done. Give Luke Make Us a call or a text message at any time, 778-215-4273. Again, that's 778-215-4273, 778-215-4273 to chat with Luke about real estate. You're obviously a very good people person. You had some experience with real estate, owning your own properties, um, but tell us how you were able to be that successful so quickly? I think, you know, being in real estate, and a lot of people will say this, it's about building relationships. Um, a lot of people, I relate, I can relate to a lot of people. Um, I've done a lot of things that people want to do, whether it's be a landlord, do the renovations. I can look at a, I can look at a house and say, if they want to put a suite in, this is what I would suggest you do for that suite. Um, Location, you know, I've been in Kelowna now and watched it grow from seventy-five thousand up to you know now pushes over two hundred uh, in the summertime. Um, I've seen the city grow, so I know a lot about the locations and, and amenities that are around. So, again, for me, it's more important to build good, solid relationships with people, mm-hmm. uh, my colleagues. Um, be a helping hand, uh, reach out to people, ask questions, answer questions. Uh, my door at the office is always open to people. Um, and I like to talk to people. 
So that also helps. Right. You know, selling a house is going to sell itself. Uh, sometimes there's hurdles. We just work work around them and try to get the job done. Yeah. Or a lot of your initial clients from your previous relationships, so people that you knew in the city uh, became clients of yours after you got licensed, or did you get your business uh, elsewhere? Most of my most of my clients came from past relationships that I've that I built. I used, like I said, I used to own a nightclub and I was part of the nightclub scene here in Kelowna for quite a number of years. So I was able to build those relationships, build that trust, build that um, um, client base for real estate long before I got into real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, working in the nightclub industry. And when I was working at Visual Electronics, at selling TVs, it was the same thing. People were coming to me and gravitating to me because they just knew who I was. Right. Um, and it, it just became, the, the sales aspect of it became a lot easier right. because we didn't have to build that trust. And once I got on board with Remax, you know, working with other realtors, uh, covering shifts, doing open houses, yeah, you get a lot more um, new clientele, mm-hmm. but the majority of my business has come from referral people I know in the in the community. Nice. So, uh, someone like you and I, we've been in business and done sales before, so we can pick up something like real estate pretty quickly. But it is unique; it's got its you know unique laws and regulations and challenges. and systems and challenges. <laughs> um, sounds like Tamara. Uh, was a bit of a mentor for you. Can, can you think of anybody else who, who has been a mentor to you, either in real estate or business in general, as you were growing up? Uh, you know, I'd have to say guys like Gord Anton, mm-hmm. who, you know, when he speaks, I just sit and listen. Right. Uh, he's been in the business many years and has a lot of insight to it all. Um I think everybody around me has mentored me in one aspect or another. Um, and it's been great. Not just at Remax, but also in other brokerages too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, having that camaraderie only benefits what we do. So um, if I had to name just one or two, that makes things difficult. <laughs> like I said, I think I get mentored by everybody I know. Nice. So tell us what you love most about selling real estate. Um, I think it's I think it's just the sheer happiness of the lifestyle, mm. people's dreams, people's. We are dream makers, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, when people see that house and there, you can hear the gasp of air that. That's the one, and yeah. they can see how they're putting their furniture and how they're going to raise their kids and this, that, and the other. Um, that's such a joyous, joyous feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is the money's great, but that feeling of 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 making that deal happen for that person, mm-hmm. and each person is so different in how that deal comes together. The hurdles are always different. No deal is the same way. But that end result is is why we do it. Yeah. 
you know, that feeling of, ah, my dream house. Whether it's for five years, ten years, or the next 25 years. For that moment, they're moving into their dream house, or they're moving on from, into their next stage of life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's a great feeling. It is. So true. So true. Can you tell us about a failure or a major setback that you've had in your life and how you got past it? What you learned from it? Um, failures. I think I've had many failures. Um, I tend not to discuss my failures that right. much. But, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. In real estate, just investing, I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars and I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's, it is what it is. You know, there's no, there's no guarantees to it. Uh, as far as, but my biggest thing from any one of my failures, um, was allow myself that day to absorb it, feel bad about it, go to sleep. The next morning though, you have to wake up. Put your pants on mm-hmm. and go to work. Mm-hmm. And just the next day you do it again. Right. The next day you do it again. Never allow yourself to f- to get that down about your failure, no matter what it is. Because the next day is a new day. Right. And the next day could be the best day of your life. Well said. Yeah. Simple. That makes sense. So just uh, grieve for a little bit and then sure. get up and, yeah. and attack it again. Yeah, everybody's yeah. allowed their moment in time, for sure. Yeah. But get up and attack it. Right. Have you always been a fan of chocolate and peanut butter ice cream? <laughs> it is probably my, my yeah, yes I have. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and in chocolate and peanut butter, whether it's a Reese peanut butter cup or whether it's a M and M, it doesn't matter. Just yeah. chocolate and peanut butter is the magical combination to life. So <laughs> since you've been a little kid, I guess um, where where do you find that? So I have it. I love chocolate. I love peanut butter, but I've not seen an ice cream brand that has that combined. Does that exist, or do you kind of make it? Do you shove a Reese's into a... <laughs> oh, no, they exist in many different styles. <laughs> Just walk down the freezer aisle at the, at the, at the grocery store, and you'll find lots of them. Um, you know, I'm such a fan. Even when I go to the movies, I'll put my M&M's in my popcorn. Yeah. Uh, just because it's a great flavor combination. <laughs> right. um, but, yeah, chocolate and peanut butter to die for. Awesome. So, Aaron, I would like you to nominate someone, anyone in the city of Kelowna, that you think has an interesting story to tell and you would like to see come on this show in the future. You know, I want to nominate my buddy uh, Rick Lazar. Um, he's a mortgage broker and just a great all-around guy. Yeah. And he's got some amazing stories. Avid golfer, um, and we always have a great time together. And I'm sure he'd have a lot of fun stuff to, to say on this show. Yeah. He is a great guy. I shared an office with him for about two, three months when I was at the previous brokerage. And uh, and I've run into him many times. We've done a couple of deals together. So, yeah, great guy. Thank you for that. Um, Aaron, if someone wants to get in touch with you to talk about real estate, what's the easiest way for someone to reach you? 
Well, the easiest way is you can always text me uh, or call me at 250-863-5693. I'm a social media. I'm always on social media. Facebook, um, Instagram, Instagram, always on there. Um, And I'm pretty pretty easy to find. Just spell my name right and I'll pop up. A-R-U-N. Right. It's that easy. (laughs) And we're going to tag you in all those spots, uh, Facebook, Instagram, once uh, this is published. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know you're such a busy guy. I always see you running with a contract <laughs> every time I see you, but you always have a smile on your face. So that's good. But thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Luke, for having me. And it's been awesome. Great, Great chatting with you. <laughs>